The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Time now for the spoiler cast theme song. Wah, 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 wah. Wow. Spoilers. Bum, 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 bum. Nicely done. Daniel joining in on the spoiler cast theme song. I thought maybe you'd do just keep spoiling, just keep oh, spoiling, spoiling. Just keep spoiling. That's a good one. What do we do? We spoil. <laughs> spoil. <laughs> Welcome to the next spoiling, episode spoiling. of Sif Pop Spoilers. We're going to be spoiling Finding Dory, talking specific plot points, uh, our enjoyment of the movie, maybe concerns about the movie, and getting a little bit more specific. Yeah, if you want to hear kind of general thoughts and like quality of the movie, that kind of stuff, the podcast proper is the best place to do that, which yeah. is right there in your podcast feed as well. This is more just to kind of go into details that we couldn't go in during that and uh, talk a little bit more about specific plot points, those kind of things. So as like a little general sweeping motion in in this movie, uh, Dory has a memory of her family while she is next to the undertow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is pretty much what sets this next adventure where she convinces Marlin to just go with her on this adventure. Marlin very concerned, of course, <laughs> about... Why every time that we're at this reef... Somebody need to go. <laughs> and what's really Can't funny? Can't we just enjoy the view? He says, um, he says something like, uh, "Someone should only have to travel the ocean once in their life." <laughs> That's right. And your son also, at one point, turned to me in the movie and says, "He was probably right about that. This is dangerous." <laughs> and I think it was when the octopus was attacking, which was the villain I was thinking of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The was that right? Was it octopus? I don't know. It was it had a beak. I know it was a beaky octopus, which I guess some of them have. But well, wouldn't Hank also have a beak? It's just more hidden. Is that what it was? Well, he wasn't an octopus. He was a septopus. Okay. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, oh, can so, I just say about Hank? Can I just say about Hank, uh, who is the octopus in, in Camouflages, which I thought was, was really cool. Um, but he, a funny joke that Andrew Stanton, the director of Finding Dory, made recently. I was looking up like Easter eggs because, you know, Pixar does so many Easter eggs yeah. in their movie. Yeah. And he says, people don't realize it, but we've actually been hiding Hank in all of our movies. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Don't uh. know it. <laughs> Well, I, I do want to get to that because um, the uh, the end credits uh, have Hank in them. Yeah, and I did not get to stay for the end credits. Uh, I had to run to my next movie, Central Intelligence. So I, want, Johnson, I want to specifically spoil that okay. for you guys so that you guys know what happened. We but, can do that. Let's kind of try to go in order just a little bit. Yeah, because I, I, I want to start okay. off with the beginning of this adventure, really, and kind of go moving through the motions of what it takes for Marlin to realize that he's willing to go across the sea again. And I thought they did a great job of moving through that adventure well because we're, I guess, going to California now, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like, how are they going to be? Like, are we going to be swimming the whole time? Like, <laughs> <laughs> nope. Thankfully, there's the EAC. That's right. They quickly uh, loop in the turtles, and then we're off on this adventure pretty quickly, actually, which yeah. is nice. Just a few things from before that, and I feel like I'm going to spend a lot of my time spoiling jokes because there's so many great jokes in this movie. <laughs> I thought Dory, Dory swimming into their anemone home and forgetting that it shocks her every time was hilarious uh her waking up you know in in you know having you know uh dream sleeping that kind of stuff was really funny uh you know we we talked a little bit about mr ray 
one of the most moving parts about the Mr. Ray thing, seeing like the migration of all the rays, like when he took the class down there and they started talking about migration, was the fact that the rays were singing. Yeah. And they were singing, they would sing like, oh, and they would go and like, oh, it's not just a funny thing he does. It comes from a real place of missing his family in like that Aww. that was how they sang. I and missed that kind I, of like that tie-in. Yeah. Did you pick up like, on that, Daniel? Like how Mr. Ray's singing was kind of like those it who were singing just in the migration to him. song. It was a, it's a Ray thing. Yeah, it's the way Ray uh, okay. sang. I totally yeah, because missed I, that. Now, that, he did that in Finding Nemo. Yeah. He did. Yeah. And he does and, it in this one, too. Yeah. And, and I that, love that. I, and it turned I, I, from a joke to something meaningful almost, you know? Huh. Well, that's fascinating because, yeah, during that, I, I was wondering, okay, well, is this something that the rays do by chance because i'm not i'm not 100% sure although this was something that he did obviously in finding nemo but i never knew i that's that's a really fascinating tidbit do you know i they, had no clue uh, they do this throughout the entire movie they gave so much substance to why and, and specifically in this movie dory does the things that dory does we find out why she can read we find out why she can have speak whale we find out why she knows these songs that she knows mm-hmm. we're discovering the validity of this character 13 years later uh-huh. in this entire episode, and they're not revealing it to us, you know, like, da, 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 da. it's like we're discovering it with Dory. And how did you feel about the beginning mm-hmm. where we see how we come upon Dory in Finding Nemo? Like, you know, the beginning of this oh, is, yeah. you know, Dory getting lost mm-hmm. and asking different people, you know. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that. About, we do talk about that about who You know, who she is or, you know, and trying to, you know, find and then running into Marlin and off on that adventure. And I just, it tied the two movies together in a really neat way, I thought. It did, and, and I mm-hmm. I kind of even forgot about that as the start to this movie is that we see baby Dory with, with her parents and her parents are teaching her and talking to her very lovingly. And that was one of the things I wonder to Daniel, how, like how you feel about that because you had mentioned that you have somebody in your family that has a learning disability. Um, did you say a severe learning disability? Well, it's more than just a a learning disability. It's a physical and mental disability as well. So with that being the case, it's... um, Like on another level, really. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's my my brother actually has CP. And uh, that is something that, you know, he's had for his entire life. Yeah. You know, since like, you know, 72 years, 72 hours of his, after his birth is whenever technically he got that. And so... Um, you know, with that being the case, that's why I end up kind of relating a little more to the Finding Dory storyline a little more just because of, you know, overcoming certain disabilities. And especially whenever you end up, as a viewer, you end up getting slightly frustrated while watching, as you mentioned, Danae, but, you know, you end up not necessarily getting frustrated in the sense of, for, for Dory, it's for, um, the reasons of kind of like what you were saying, are we kind of going to go down this path again? But right. it also helps kind of, it puts you in that position of, you know, where you would be in that case. Yeah. And that's what Pixar does so well with their films, with a lot of their different, with, with their characters, especially dealing with kind of a new type of psychological level. And that's where I ended up finding this so fascinating because Dory, you know, she has those uh, moments that it is, not necessarily uh, what any other characters have and what they're displaying. And so that's a very unique quality. And two, you know, I have always found a fascinating uh, sense in, in the disability community because when I actually reported 
I, one of my beats was uh, disability. And so I've really taken up a very strong interest in that. And, you know, there, it's such a prominent force within life. And so I think Finding Dory really kind of showed that from the very beginning and how baby Dory was to how she is how we got to know her in Finding Nemo and even to yeah. the end of Finding Dory. And it, the care with that, which her parents took of her. That's and... the part that really stood out to me for, throughout the whole movie was yeah. the care of the parents and how they were encouraging her and helping her to craft and that they weren't treating her. They knew they had to treat her differently. And they even show at one point the pain of the parenting of yeah. Dory and the concern for how she was going to be able to care for herself. Mm-hmm. Um and we're we're seeing these flashbacks through Dory's eyes as she's having all of these memories. But the movie opens with us seeing her with her parents and we're learning kind of about that. And then she gets lost. They don't even really reveal how she's lost until more towards the end. Right. They do a really mm-hmm. great job of giving us a little bit of information and then tying more information as a, as the story goes. It's not we're not being handed anything. We're being kind of crafted as we watch yep. the story. And that's one thing that I really loved about the movie because the more we learn about Dory and her story and how she's come to be who she is and why she can read because she's from this exhibit, you know, and so she was around all these different things and she has this knowledge. We want her to remember. And there's this one particular scene and I I guess I'll jump around just a little bit, but then we'll, we'll get back onto the linear part of it. There's this one particular scene kind of towards the end where she begins to lose it and it's in panic. Mm -hmm. It's in when she's panicked and when there's pressure and you can almost feel the encroaching disability and they actually Mm -hmm. show her beginning to forget by the fading out of the background of the sea, you know, and we're all of a sudden lost with Dory again. And it's kind of like, Oh, don't go away, Dory. We love you. And it's awesome because that is exactly how the characters feel. That's how Marlon feels. That's how Hank feels. That's how her parents feel. We love you so much. We don't want you to go away. And yet this is something that she's going to be dealing with. And it, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of forced to come to peace with it, you know, by the end of the movie with her being able to go off on her own and look over the edge of the uh, of the great expanse of the sea again and be trusted to be able to kind of find her way back home. The uh, the only thing we've really missed if we get to when they arrive in California, the only thing we haven't really talked about is um, the fact that they take a ride with Crush to get there through the EAC as far as spoiling things. That was the one cameo it just felt like this is only a cameo. It was just so we could all see Crush again. Like there, there didn't seem yeah. to be much story point. Uh, to... They had to get there quickly. Well, I know, but the I EAC man. No, 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 no. I totally get it. I totally get it. But it is the Righteous. one. It is the one. <laughs> it is the one part where I was like, you know, like the race stuff made sense because they talked about migration and that kind of stuff. Um, but it was just more of, oh, it's cool to see, you know, Crush again. Which I'm not saying is even a negative thing. I thought they handled it really, really well. Yeah. Um, it was it was fun to see my turtle dude again. So that's how we get to California. <laughs> we find out that Dory uh, actually grew up in a marine, marine life institute. Yeah, where they can you introduce Sigourney for us, Aaron? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she introduces herself. She it does. was amazing. Um, yeah. So apparently, which was oh, just yeah. brilliant, the idea that Sigourney Weaver is the voice of this marine institute, uh, so that you know she's welcoming people. So the first thing Dory hears is, "Hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver." And so she keeps talking to Sigourney Weaver. Hi, Sigourney Weaver. And she's know. going back over to Marlon and Nemo going, hey, I found help for us. Yeah, There's from Sigourney. From Sigourney. <laughs> so good. That so, running so gag good. is possibly the best in the movie. I also find it very poignant that they choose to have Dory separate from Marlon and Nemo right after Marlon says something in frustration that could haunt him the rest of his yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows that feeling of... 
losing their temper or not even losing their temper, but just being so frustrated that you say something you should you you really don't even mean in this case. And you shouldn't he, say he tells her to just go away and forget because that's what she does. Best. That's what you're good at. Yeah, uh, because she had been saying, you know, screaming out to the great expanse of this new, you know, darker part of the ocean and attracted a very dangerous predator. And so, you know, Nemo almost was eaten. Uh, she has, you know, <laughs> she has li- uh, can litter, the mm-hmm. the can tops, what were they, the plastic kind of yeah, like. Yeah, like a six pack. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, she's got that draped over her. Which plastic is, you know, it's a, you know, a subtle commentary, or maybe mm-hmm. not so subtle, but a commentary on environmentalism. And, and when she's mm-hmm. kind of up towards the surface listening to Sigourney Weaver is when she's scooped up by Because those she has that around her. Of the Marine, Marine Life Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is taken into this facility, and now you know you've got Marlin and Nemo on a separate adventure to try to get in and save Dory. And what's great about that is they have their own experience with characters that are all trying to accomplish similar goals. And Dory doing a great job on her own on her own adventure. Yes. And we're just trying to figure out how they're going to crisscross again in the future. I loved how so Marlin says, "Go do what you do best and just forget, or go forget because that's what you do best." That's what yeah. I love how when it's brought back up, he's being ribbed about it by Nemo. I thought that was really mm. interesting. I, I because it's something serious, but at the same time, they they kept it. Uh, I don't want to say light, but they kept it in uh, a way that that was. Um, I think that they human. It felt very real. It felt just like that's that's a real way people interact. But when they were trapped in the little fish tank at that mm-hmm. one point, after Becky kind of. Becky is the loon. Becky is the loon mm-hmm. that Who, imprinted on. That was hilarious. That was so good. <laughs> Daniel, did you like? Did you like Becky? Yes. Yeah. That moment. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> well, especially, especially as the story goes along, and because you know Becky's also introduced later on. Mm-hmm. Well, not introduced, but brought back in where Nemo's like, have a little more faith to. Uh, whenever Nemo said that to, mm-hmm. to his, uh, his dad. And I found that to be really fascinating because we have that tie-in from Becky and then earlier Dory, whenever he said, just run off and forget like you always do. So it's kind of not necessarily trust issues, but the fact that Nemo is like, believe in people, you know, that theme. Nemo was really challenging the parent in this role. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that's yeah. something that I have done with my parents and my mom and I have actually talked about this, is that there are certain things that you that as a child, even though you are a child, you still have wisdom and your parents can still learn from that wisdom. I thought that was great. And when they were trapped in that fish tank with the fake fish before they jump over into the like mm-hmm. the little wade pool mm-hmm. and they meet the clam, in that moment, that's Which when the they clam were... clam was so great. It was so funny. And it was, it's great because they didn't sit on it too long. <laughs> no. Because I didn't want to no. go back and see that guy no, again. No, no, Nobody no. did. It was so great. <laughs> um, but Nemo really pushes Marlin in that moment. It's like, Dad, you really... Like, you said something really harmful and Marlon has a moment as a parent where he says, I was wrong. And I think that's a really valuable thing to have exchange between a parent and a child mm-hmm. is for the child yeah. to have an ability to see that the parent messed up. And then they heal. So when Nemo is ribbing on him later, it's because they'd already healed about that a little that's, bit. That's fair. No, 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 that's true. I think you're right. Um, I just, I found it, uh, I found it interesting and I found it valuable in the, in how real it felt. So let's talk just a little bit. So when they split ways, uh, Dory's main kind of person is Hank. Mm-hmm. And immediately she finds or Hank finds her Hank because finds he wants her. her tag. What did you think of the introduction to Hank? Um and Hank in general. Hank in general was great. Um perfect voice casting for, you know, Ed, o- Ed O'Neill, two modern family yep. members uh who are on this. Uh Ty Burrell being the other one who uh, played a dolphin who learns about his the blue whale. echolocation. The blue whale. Yeah. So uh, good. Best pair of eyeglasses. <laughs> 
ever. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. I love that echolocation when it when it fades out looks like a radar screen. Oh, fading I loved out. it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, <laughs> so yeah, so I thought it, well cast, uh, well acted. Um, the emotional journey that Hank takes from just you know wanting to do whatever it takes to get to Cleveland to actually you know caring about others was interesting. Did you connect that he also has a disability? No, tell me about He's it. He's missing a limb. Well, he is missing a limb. And it's yeah. really affected him emotionally. I didn't connect to that part. And the both the whales have a bit disabilities. Mm-hmm. One can't see. I did connect that. One mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. can't believe in their own. Like, they have almost a self-imposed disability. Mm-hmm. So there's these different mm-hmm. characters that all have these different disabilities that are all trying to kind of learn their own journey. I didn't think about that until today. Well, and it's, and it's the it, beauty of setting it in a marine rehabilitation yeah. park as well because obviously a lot of animals will have disabilities that Which, need rehabilitated uh the whole like freeing of all the fish in the final scene of them all in the, <laughs> we were they're gonna, all like just jumping it was so funny uh, the rehabilitation but anyways yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about moments in dory's journey that we loved uh when she separated from marlin and nemo i the the terror of the touching tank was hilarious to me the, yeah. All these human, all these children's hands poking down. It was like, it was so interesting to to think of that from like a fish's point of view, and just all these terrorized fish who just live with you know these human kids just like reaching down all the time. I just I found that really fascinating. That's when Hank really addressed his disability. Like he yeah. was really like, oh, yeah. you know, because he was terrified of having <laughs> another limb lost. But he Pixar does this really well for because even dating back to Toy Story, whenever you've got. Um, Sid and you know we've all at one time felt kind of like that deranged kid who's just wanting to have a lot of fun with their toys and you're just playing around this was like that Sid moment I mean we weren't necessarily as deranged to say Sid but or with Darla. that being the case <laughs> Darla from Finding Nemo tapping on the tank you know same kind yep. of idea exactly yeah and shaking the bag yes. and, uh, but but with that with this being the case though the, the whole uh, tank in this, uh, in Finding Dory, was the fact that it puts you in that perspective, like, oh wow! Like as a kid, I feel like if I were watching this, I don't think I would ever want to reach into a tank <laughs> because I would scare the the rest of the fish who are in the tank, scare them because of that. <laughs> I it, love how when the that, that Poker's scene, Corner, Poker's, Poker's corner, corner, I know, corner. and they're all going hands, hands, like yeah. they're just traumatized. <laughs> this poor traumatized thing. One of my favorite parts about Dory's journey in general in this place is that everything validates who she is. She realizes, like I said already, why she can read and why she can speak well. And we're realizing this with her. So when Mm -hmm. she realizes that she can speak whale and she meets the whale, like she's thrown into the whale tank and we're thinking, oh, here we go. She's going to meet, you know, a bad guy. And instead she ends up meeting, you know, some a long time ago friend who actually kind of helps her in her journey. And later on when she's in the pipes, which is the scariest place to be because if she forgets, she'll be lost in the pipe forever. And then we see this other fish approaching. That was one of my favorite scenes. Like, oh, she's being eaten alive, (laughs) you know? And and you've got these, you know, oh, this character that's like doing his sonar, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. And that, I really loved that part, uh, particularly (laughs) when they all kind of kick into that high mode. And you've got all these characters that are, you know, really finding their power, the whale shark Mm -hmm. and the, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah. But I I like that her journey was validated. It was so interesting, too, because they were all over that place. Like, they went yeah. to so yeah. many different places. And, um, you know, there there are a few moments where, 
again, it's really quick, and I'm right back in it, but where I'm like, okay, this is a little ridiculous. Plot convenient? Well, no, not the plot convenience, oh. which we talked about in the regular one. This is more of like a little bit too over the top for my suspension of disbelief to, to you know, kick that into. fish me. can talk? Listen, I can accept it. <laughs> we've talked about this. I can accept the rules of your world, you know, but when they involve like... Give us an example. I'll give you an example. Okay. Because there are humans in this world, right? And in general, the humans, mm-hmm. as in all these, in Finding Nemo and in Finding Dory, react to what they see these fish or animals doing. Yep. Like, they're aware of what they're doing. They may not be able to hear them talk, but they're aware of what they're doing. So when there's an octopus and a fish driving a baby buggy by themselves with nobody pushing it, and the humans are just kind of looking at it strange instead oh, of freaking out. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just I see. A, you know what I'm saying? So stuff like that. Again, it's really quick. Or but driving a car. Or exactly. A a, in the final scene, they yeah. they drive a truck. So it's, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. I give into it. Yeah, I it's see that. fine. Yeah. But the, just a couple of moments where it's just like, yeah. that's, that's a little over the top. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, Aaron, because there were a lot of times with this that you didn't have that with Finding Nemo. That's and true. For, for this, it, it definitely took that liberation to go a step further and saying, hey, we're going to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of humans, although we are fish and we live you know in the ocean ocean. in fact yeah the the fact that we're kind of extending the barrier here a little bit that i did have a little bit of a problem with that and i couldn't necessarily in the previous show i couldn't go into detail about that but that did bother me but after a while i'm like you know what i can forgive that it's totally fine because this i'm having a lot of fun with the movie already that i feel like Kind of like that bias that you were talking about, Aaron. I was able to overlook that because I was already enjoying where the story was going it's and funny. what the you know, you characters like, were doing. You think of like Toy Story. They do a very similar thing, right? The toys drive a car yeah. in Toy Story as well. Yeah. Um, but the difference with that is you don't see humans that know what's going on. In this one, yeah. they know that somehow an octopus is driving their truck. Like this isn't <laughs> yeah. something where you just like, you know. I, I don't know. It just seems like the reactions that shouldn't have been were so fired. Like the, it's like grab yeah, the camera. The this world is going has to go viral. Changed, okay. The <laughs> yeah. world has changed. Cephalopods can drive. Like, you know, this is a big deal. It is funny because part of you just does do the suspension of disbelief because right. at least Dory's in water. <laughs> right. Which so, yeah. one of the things that bothered me was that they jumped from different water sources to different water sources. So like as a saltwater fish, I they're thought of in that too. you know, they're in yeah, a that water everything had to be saltwater, yeah. And then they're jumping in a bucket and they're jumping over here. So, you know, that you're right. But I was having such a good time, I didn't care about that at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Um one of the other things that I wanted to make sure to talk about before we go over to maybe a little bit more of Marlin and uh, Nemo's adventure and then how they'll come together kind of towards the end is the tank uh, that Dory has finally dropped into. She has a really beautiful moment with Hank, the octopus, you know, where she's like, I, I think I'm going to remember you. And he, his heart has gotten warm, you know, to her. Hearts. He, hearts, technically three. Yes. Yeah. Which three. we learned something new. I didn't know that. Uh, and then she's dropped into this massive, beautiful Marine Life Institute, you know, mm-hmm. open water tank presentation. And she begins to try to figure out how she's getting home. And there's this shell moment, you know, where she uh, remember she's having all these memories of the entire thing, like these mm-hmm. flashbacks, you know, that are kind of coming to her. And she sees these shells and then she starts to follow them. And you can kind of really see that she's both in an awareness of what's happening and out of an awareness of what's happening, which is mm. the beauty of Dory. You know, she, they do a really good job of making her believable mm-hmm. as someone who has a, a short memory and also believable as someone who can remember certain things for, you know, a good period of time like because she can hold on to some things and mm-hmm. she lets go of others i think it's stress-based but anyway and she finds her home and then she realizes they're not there and the adventure kind of continues on and it and and which was kind of nice actually so i was like how is this gonna 
okay, great. Are they all going to live in the Marine Life Institute for the rest of their lives? Like, how is this going to wrap up? <laughs> Go uh, to Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so we find out, like, her home, and she realizes her home, and then she's told by, you know, somebody that they're, her fish kind are being moved to Cleveland, so now she needs to, you know, get back to the place she started, really, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. She goes into the, the thing. That uh, part and being in there when she really starts to kind of see her home was super powerful for me because I was, I don't know, just seeing all her little baby mm-hmm. baby Dory moments and things was really powerful. And then th- yeah. that pays off because one of the things that happens is she is almost immediately again separated from uh, Nemo and Marlin. Um, they, they come together briefly and then they're apart again. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's pause on what happens kind of with how Dory ends up finding her parents and everything like that and touch on anything highlighted from the Marlin and Nemo specific adventure. Transitionally, before we, we go there, let me just say another uh, joy, joke I wanted to spoil that is a running <laughs> gag is her mispronunciation of things was so funny oh, in this yeah. movie. To say like <laughs> soap and lotion instead of yes. open ocean and that kind of stuff. Oh. I just I found I mean, so clever, clever and funny. So uh, I thought that was good. I don't know that there's anything from the, the Marlin and Nemo part that I haven't mentioned that I want to mention. Um, uh, I think it would just be really the sea lions. They they meet the sea lions. They meet the loon mm. Becky. Um, those are characters that are introduced. Well, I mean, there's their the adventure. what would Dory do is introduced what on there. You know, when they're stuck in when they're stuck yeah. in the tank. Uh, I th- I found that very poignant that Nemo you know asks what would Dory do and he says, well, yeah. you look around, you assess the situation, <laughs> you make your choice. And he's like, no, Dad, that's what that's you- what you would do. <laughs> what would Dory? And I know that feeling also because that's me. I would be more the analytical, look around, assess the situation. Uh, in Danae and I's partnership, in our creative partnership, you know, she is the Dory. She's the that's one true. who's you know always acting in the moment, you know, moving, <laughs> doing what's in front of her. Open ocean kelp. Kelp yeah, was better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so I found that really moving for him to be able to put himself outside of himself and say, "Oh." I'm recognized something I've seen as a weakness in somebody is actually also a strength. There are moments where that pays off for them. And this is one of those moments where I could use that uh, and go on instinct, you know, and go was, on yeah, the moment. Because Marlon's and so all they find their way planning. out of the tank. And, mm-hmm. it, and planning doesn't go in his favor because... And controlling, it, making sure everything's controlled. From the moment that he gets in that bucket, he's, he's trusting, even though he doesn't want to trust. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. want to trust Dory. But he does, you know, he doesn't want to trust Nemo, but he makes himself. Mm-hmm. Becky was his big push. <laughs> and when when she gets distracted and is eating popcorn and they're kind of hanging out in a bucket on a on a, on a limb, instead of being patient to wait to see that Becky's going to do what she does, he gets impatient and he exacts his own plan without, mm-hmm. you know, just waiting. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to see because that's how most people probably are. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. on a I'm on a branch. In a bucket. I need to do something about this instead of waiting. <laughs> Sometimes waiting is the right way to go. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they showed a lot of different scenarios of whether you wait, whether you trust, you know, whether you go into the pipes. Because she had an opportunity to go in the pipes a couple times and, you know, or once at least before and didn't. You know, so it's just, it's an interesting, I think they did a good job of saying, it's complicated. Gosh, life is complicated. Yeah. And sometimes you trust your instinct and sometimes you trust someone else's instinct. But ultimately... At the end, you hopefully come back together, and that's exactly what happens, is they do end up coming back together, but not well, before they Dory. get out of there by jumping on some water spurts, like fountains. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I like that at the end, the last one misses them, and he's like, just keep gasping, just keep gasping yeah. until they get back <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the water. And they finally do get back in the water, and then they take a pipe, 
to find where Dory is. Yep. And then they together uh, go into the quarantine section of the Marine Life Institute where Dory jumps into what with the help of Hank, who is in there as well. Uh, jump into the container of fish. The blue tang container. The blue tang container to find her parents. And that's when the, um, it's, I thought this scene was beautifully done. You know, like that moment when you're told really shocking news or it mm-hmm. just all gets overwhelming. The way that they blurred out the background and they kind of had the voices echoing. Mm. And, As she's learning mm-hmm. that her parents are no longer there. Likely dead, which Marlon yeah. is the one that said that and wasn't mm-hmm. true. Yeah. And did you notice what Nemo said? Dad, are you sure? Yeah. Because I think Nemo yeah. knows how intense Marlon is, and he's just mm-hmm. trying to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good kid. Good kid. Uh, <laughs> so so this is kind of where it moves into this, you know, like the next level. Hank pulls um, Dory out of the tank before the tank is loaded into the truck to go to Cleveland. And this is when Nemo and Marlon are separated from Dory once again. Uh, the Hank himself is also captured. And so she is dropped basically down the drain and back out into the open ocean and Dory is by herself again. And now she has to kind of go on her own. And so she's, she starts saying, what would Dory do? And she has a full blown panic attack mm-hmm. and kind of starts to forget everything again. That's, this is the moment when I think the movie moved into a totally new level for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. Is that where you started crying? No, but it's getting close. It's coming up. <laughs> it's uh, the- you know what was moving for me about that, this whole scene, which basically she, she finds her. All alone. Yeah, she's all alone, and she's just making choice by choice. You know, she's saying open ocean or kelp. Kelp's better. After she panics and starts to forget everything. Right, right, right. And she's like kelp or sand, and she's like, okay, I love sand. Sand squishy. Sand squishy. (laughs) Oh, there are shells. Oh, something about shells. I love shells. Yeah, her parents had always used shells to lead her home. And the camera, this is where where I got emotional. The camera, in leading us in, and I talked about this a little in the show proper, you see lines of shells coming from this house. Immediately, Mm -hmm. as uh, an intelligent moviegoer, you know what's going on. They're making you aware. You know this is her home because that's what her parents did for her. You don't know if her parents are there or not, but you know that this has been a place prepared for her. I mean, when she's finding the shells and she's like, I like shells, and then but how they reveal that it's not like you see a whole line of shells right then it's just one and then it's like oh there's one that's kind of close by and we're with we're close up we're with her right in that moment and we 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 all come over the crest of this little sandbar and look down into kind of like a little valley where yeah you see all of these shell roads leading into this home i lost it yeah i mean i was just like (gasps) like i was immediately I think it's because I have a family that is that. Mm-hmm. All roads lead to family. Their doors always open. The lines are always open. The doors never shut. They will do whatever to reach out and communicate. Mm-hmm. I have that. I have that relationship with my family. Yeah. And here's Dory realizing, like she's about to see it herself, mm-hmm. how much her family loves her. You know, and she, and I, you don't know, like you said, if they're there or not. And I'm sitting by my mother, and we're both just weeping, <laughs> because also. <laughs> Also, I have, you know, a faith. I am, and as someone who believes in a God who also does that, mm-hmm. it's like the, it hit that faith line for me where I, I believe wholeheartedly for everyone that there is always- God's laying out shells for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. To yeah. find their way back home. And it That's was just like, it hit me like on a super deep level. So I was just like pouring tears. It was, it was intense. But was, uh, that next level of that was- Her family, her mom and her dad kind of appear holding piles of shells. Then there's this glorious reunion, the spinning, you know, the Mm -hmm. spinning picture. It was just really beautiful. Beautiful. It was super, super beautiful. 
And then the parents explained to Dory what they had done. And this is when the audience went, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like the young kids who didn't see it coming. Exactly. Had that aha moment. And it was so beautiful to hear all those voices in unison really understand the depth of the parents' love. And that was the moment for me in this movie. I didn't care what happened after that. I was just like, <laughs> what that happened after that powerful. was so fun, though. Oh, it's like because the they best have to ride. Go, they have to go get Marlon and Nemo. This and is when so, the ride picks up, and uh-huh. I'm just like, this is the best. I'm having, <laughs> I'm laughing my butt off because you got so much that's about to happen. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know that we need to go in complete detail, but basically, all of our friends work together to you know save. get to save Marlon and Nemo. There's that classic Pixar moment. They're so good at this; it's in almost all of their movies. You'll yeah. notice this. Yeah. At the end of the movie, they will give you resolution. They're like, yay, everybody's saved. And they will take it away from you for one more moment. Uh, It's from the original Toy Story when uh, they, I think they have the rocket, you know, that they're going and it's all working. And then all of a sudden, you know, I think of the dog shows up or something like that. So so in this one, it's everything's going fine. Becky's gotten everybody out, getting ready to get the last set. And all of a sudden, boom, the door's shut and, you know. It's, you know, it's over. Now Dory's trapped. So now there's one more obstacle. And it's like, how in the world? This truck is moving. How yeah. are animals who are only can be in water Except going to for the stop, cephalopod, apparently. Uh, yeah. Can stop <laughs> a truck from, you know, continuing on its journey. And the answer, apparently, is otters. So oh. <laughs> yeah. line them up on the highway for slaughter. Party, cuddle party. Yeah. Did you think that? Oh, I was yeah. like. Oh, this like, is not oh, safe. Oh God! This is not in safe. In the Ozarks, people just mow you over. <laughs> this is this cuddle party is going to turn very bad. Dead otters everywhere. Very quick. <laughs> yep. Uh, otter chaos. So, uh, I I did have one other thing I really wanted to talk about. Um, uh, when you've got the whales that jump out of the Marine Institute to kind of help, and you've got mm. this whole kind of environment, and then they're all sort of like back, you know, at the cove, and everything's great. Mom and dad are there, and you kind of get to see like post in post life like mm-hmm. as everything's kind of like coming into its new sense there's this the final scene of this movie i haven't been able to like let it go just yet the post credit scene uh I, oh yeah i guess i do need to do that too oh, okay i want to be sensitive to time daniel are you doing okay yeah i'm okay okay because we're coming into the end here um so i like how they went back and it was like dory's okay uh, she has her kind of set schedule now. We're all sort of like, you know, in tune with Dory. We trust Dory more to be able to take care of herself. And she goes to the edge by herself. And then you see, of course, Marlon, who can't stop worrying. And he goes out to talk to her. And he says to her, uh, you did it. And Dory has another flashback, which mm. you kind of think it's all done, mm-hmm. you know. But she's another flashback. And it's to the time when her parents tell her. You know, good job. You made your way back home. You followed the shells all the way back home. She's like, I did. Which, baby Dory, adorable. (laughs) Adorable. Adorable. (laughs) That little kid's voice is just, I can't. Oh, I can't. So what I was wondering on my drive, and I think I I I have an answer for it, but I'm curious what you guys think is, why not do that flashback when she did it in the open ocean by herself before? Why didn't she have a flashback to you did it then? Why did it happen with Marlon? I th- I, th- I think I have like my well, perspective I, I, on it. No, I I I think it's simply because that's the note they wanted to end on. I think that's you know you you will hear said that a movie, uh, in most cases, the thing that's most important to a movie will be the last thing you see. 
or yeah. in the last scene that you see. That's most directors are taught you want to leave the audience with the thing that's most important to you. And so I think that, that thematically they wanted to make sure that that was kind of where like they the left message. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you thinking? I'm thinking that it was the moment that Dory was able to remember something like that Marlon, like he believed in her. Mm-hmm. She knew her parents believed in her already, but like that was her really connecting oh, to absolutely. Marlon yeah, being sure. a parent type figure. Yeah. Because the compliments that he was giving to her throughout the movie, she was surprised by them. Like, oh, you think that, you know, and Mm -hmm. things like that. But here he is saying you did it. And I think like it triggered that final memory because he, she did see him as family. And it was kind of like that genuine union. Support can come from, you know, outside the biological family as well. You know, I just thought it was interesting that they chose to do the flashback when it had such an obvious Mm -hmm. other place. So, okay, post-credit scene. Yeah, let's finish with this. So, tell, tell Daniel and I what we missed. What you missed was uh, scene after scene, like it would show uh, like a scene. Or what I will see in uh, IMAX Laser 3D yes. later this yes. weekend. <laughs> you'll see, you, you'd see like a, like a scenery from, you know, something, and then Hank would appear. Like he would dissolve. So everyone's going, there he is, or, you know, he's over here. So that kind of is happening. And then the credits start rolling, and the very, very end... Uh, it pans up and we're back at the seal uh, and, and the goofy guys at Jeremy. I can't remember his name. I don't know. He's trying to get back on. And so they let him back on. And then, of course, they bark him off again. Um, like, I think he, oh, he sneaks up and then he touches it with his fin, you know, and then they, mm-hmm. the guys wake up and start doing this. And they're, and they're barking and everything. And I'm looking around I'm like nobody's in the theater. But my mom and I. Mm-hmm. So like, this, OK, what else is and then come rolling in from the left side of the screen are all of the plastic containers with all of the fish from the tank from last... From the dentist's from, office? From the dentist's office. <laughs> like Gill and, and... Yeah, yeah. So they're all there, and they all roll in, and it's all algae bags. So they're covered in algae. And they kind of get to center screen, and they're talking back and forth. And he's like, I think we're finally here, guys. You know, and like he... Mm-hmm. They wipe off so we can see into the bags, and there they are. And they're like, I wonder where we are. You know, that, so here they are. And then, poof, right then, the guys from the Marine Life Institute scoop them up. Like, oh, these... People disrespecting wildlife because here these and they're in plastic they're in bags. plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. So now they're going right back into <laughs> captivation again, <laughs> where we know they're going to eventually be released, but they're going to go right back into a tank. <laughs> so, and then uh, as the scene kind of like pulls back, uh, it's the uh, Jeremy, I, I guess his name is. Mm-hmm. He kind of like appears on the rock behind the sleeping sea lions, and he's going. He 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 finally made it. Like onto he the made rock. it onto the rock. So. Good for you. <laughs> so we did get to see the characters from last year, which is well. Fun. You know what? That's just a great place for it, and a great point. Uh, what we were talking about earlier in the show proper about not having to have yep. cameos from every single character. I know I couldn't even and, bring it up then. And and it's just it's it's such a great because those were such crucial characters to Finding Nemo. They were such a huge part in what we loved about Finding Nemo, but they didn't mm-hmm. force it to have them in Finding Dory, and I think that's just really smart. And we understand that it took them a year to travel that. On top of the ocean from Sydney yes. to California, is yeah. that? What we're, I guess that's. And the, I yep. think we're supposed yeah. to believe somehow that water had enough oxygen for yeah. that entire trip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or that the bags are at least leaking or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, thanks for your time, Daniel, and uh, thank you guys for checking out the spoiler cast. Uh, we love talking movies on Sif Pop. Uh, again, if you want to catch stuff live, you can listen through the Mixler feed, Mixler.com/slash. Shoe the Dough is the name of the podcast network that Sif Pops on, so you can check it out there. And we will catch you next week. Maybe do some spoilers uh, about Independence, Independence Day, Day Resurgence. 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 Dun, dun, dun. 
Bye, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.